This week, three sides of the coin. It is all about Creatures of the Night, the box set. We go through it. We talk about it. Uh, this is the box set itself. What do we think? Is it up? Thumbs up? Thumbs down? What do we love? And frankly, there's a one thing in here. What are we disappointed with? Listen and find out. Three sides of the coin. Talking all things kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. Hey, Three Sides of the Coin. I don't know. This just feels like one of these episodes where it's just like, let's just stop. <laughs> just, we're done today. Uh, I, you know, Mark, we've already been talking to Mark. Mark's got the great Mark attitude. I'm just tired. Um, but you know what? This will be an easy, this will be an easy episode this week. Cause we're, we're going to talk about the creatures of the night box set. You know, I don't know if we'll give it a full review, but, um, uh, you know, I uh, here, Tommy, you got any comments you want to read? Yeah, actually, before we I do. get started. In the so, meantime, I'll try and fix this. I, I can't, I guarantee nothing. So I got a fight. Oh, great. No, it popped off. Um, I, uh, I was so happy with last week's episode. I'm still just kind of like on this high from it because I thought it was so fascinating. So hope, hopefully, you guys have had a chance to listen to it. Um, we talk with, um, well, we talked about Dave, Dave, David Leaf, the author, yeah, and then the whole conundrum with the box set. But the David Leaf, Leaf is he's just a fascinating, really cool guy. So one of the comments was from Alyssa Ariellano. Uh, Thank you for the cool conversation. Love the conversation about everything rock and roll, about everyone going back to the beginning. Music history rocks. Kiss is great, but they're not the only band out there. I like that. Well, and and and. That's I've always felt that, and it's such a good attitude. I mean, we love Kiss. This is a Kiss podcast, first and foremost. Kiss has been a huge part of all of our lives. But come on, people. Step outside of your comfort zone, and your life should not fucking revolve 24-7, 365 days a year around Kiss. But There's I don't a think it lot does of music to listen to. I don't think it does with our listeners. Because oh, I see some, them, some of them do. Some of them do, but I'd say most don't because I see them all at all these different shows. I run into them all the time. You know, but so I'd like to believe. I, you know, I'd like to believe it, and sure, there are some, but there's still a lot out there who the only music history they care about is Kiss's history. You know, Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. Uh, fuck that. It's just like. Dude, it's Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. I mean, if America had created any band that came close to approaching the Beatles, it was probably the Beach Boys. And like our guest said, the Beatles looked up to them. Look to the Beach Boys. It's like, geez, we got to do that. I mean, mean, so, I mean, you don't have, listen. I'm, I'm going to sit here and I'm not a huge Beach Boys fan, but I listen to it. But I appreciate the history and I appreciate the influence 
and the connection they've had. And, and I think by appreciating other bands that way, it opens up your ability to enjoy music more. Mm-hmm. Michael, the, the biggest example of that is if you go into my music collection, you'll see a very large blues section. 25 years ago, I didn't know anything about it. But everybody from Paul Stanley singing the praises of Howlin' Wolf to Jimmy Page to, you know, everybody that I looked up to as a guitar player, and as a, they all preached the blues. They preached it, preached it, and preached yep. it. And then I'm like, you know, maybe there's something to this. Now I love it. Absolutely freaking love it. And I'm immersed in it. And I, I, matter of fact, Liz will tell you, she'll come downstairs some Sunday morning. I got that, you know, I don't know if you guys have that on your cave. If anybody's still, I still have cable. But they have that music thing. And I just throw the blue station on and I putz around the house, man. It, mm-hmm. I like, it's funny because it's kind of like with country with me. I don't like pop the, the the current country is not country it's pop music no it's it, it's 80s hair metal yeah, yeah, in many ways in many <laughs> ways it is um but i love you know old school willie nelson and you know hank williams i i have a, i i like that um the blues stuff now don't get me wrong um there's still some great blues players but i like the old analog recordings i like the stuff from say the 60s on back um really big uh bb king fan if you guys ever get a chance you know but go back even farther you know um uh, again there's so much rich music history and when you hear people like paul stanley and jimmy page and you know ted nugent and all these people that you know for me that i i've loved their work and they keep preaching these same people there's gotta be there's gotta be something there yeah and then when you listen to some of that stuff you know you go hey that's where they got you know you're sort of like hey did this blues artist steal that from led zeppelin (laughs) no it's It's the other way around around. (laughs) it's the other way around hold on here's a great thing especially for the for the people our age michael and tommy because I wish I had known this back in the late seventies, early eighties, when my older friends, older brothers were giving me shit about, you know, kiss, blah, blah, blah. I could have said, well, you know what? At least kiss wrote all their own fucking tunes. Because if, if you look, I mean, Zeppelin famously got sued for Zeppelin too. just about every fucking song on there. Willie Dixon, you know what I mean? <laughs> they stole from the fucking blues guys. And, yep. and same thing and same thing on the first record. I wish I would have. And again, had I not read so many interviews and read so many rock bios, I wouldn't have known that. I wish well, I would have know, known it back then, though. Is, isn't isn't there kind of a, a saying that rock and roll stole from the blues? That's it. I mean, for the most part, rock and roll stole the blues and 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 made it into what it is. Yeah. Well, it's funny if, if uh, and Tommy, you'd probably be more privy to this because you're such a big Beatles fan. But recently, and when I say recently, within the last year and a half, two years, Paul McCartney kind of took a, a stab at the fucking Rolling Stones. He's like, oh, the blues band. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you remember that, 
mm-hmm. because that's how he saw them. Because if you know anything about Rolling Stones history, the band, that's what they started off at. Totally. A, yes. Look at Keith Richards blues. influences. Same people. Yeah. Tommy boom. Exactly what I'm talking about. They, all that stuff. Um, and I and, also want to point out, I think for the people who are like, how is this possible for you younger folk? When we were growing up, and imagine even before us, we had three channels before MTV hit in 1980. That's it. Three channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, and like a local, you know, PBS type mm-hmm. of thing. That was it for a very long time. So imagine yourself over in, you know, the UK and you have the BBC. That's it. So <laughs> BBC one, BBC two. <laughs> yeah. And so. All of these guys from England were probably listening to the same radio stations at the same time. And were, it's amazing they were ex- even exposed to that much because at that point, there was still so much discrimination against people who, um, like African-Americans who were making music, that it's amazing that a lot of that stuff made it through onto the airwaves at all. So yep. that's where it comes from. And the same thing, that's why us as kids, we can talk about H&R Puff and stuff. Okay, I don't think I could talk about that if I was a kid now, meaning there are so many cartoons, so many characters, so many different channels. I don't know how anyone watches the same show anymore. But when we were kids, it was a Roadrunner hour or the, you know, that started out and then Puff and Stuff and some of the others. So it was like there's a commonality amongst our age group that I don't think exists now with the younger people because there's too much to pick from. Oh, you're 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 100 percent right. I mean. You know, we, you know, when it, when we wanted to watch cartoons, there was only one time once a week you could watch cartoons. And that was Saturday, Saturday morning. morning from about 6 a.m. to about 10 a.m. Because around 10 a.m., then they transitioned to stuff like American Fishing. Bandstand, Soul Station, bowling, wrestling, Lawrence Wilk, stuff like that. But... You had cartoons and you had cartoons again on three channels. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was what you grew up influenced by. Yeah. Pick your poison because there was no repeats or wait. There was a would repeat, but way to tape anything. So it's and, like if freaking Wiley Coyote is on at eight o'clock on ABC. I'm not watching, you know, Scooby-Doo on NBC. And, now, now and, to be fair, the, the local stations had cartoons after school. Some of them well, did. some, some of them did. Bad, you, you know, yeah. you, you you are right. I mean, after school, from from about three to five or six, but and that's it. that that was it. And it was usually I remember watching the cartoon Spider Man, um, mm-hmm. Speed Racer, Ultraman, um, stuff like that would be on because you know. And Tommy and I were just talking about being homesick because earlier in the day, if you were homesick. Guess what you had to watch? Soap operas. And, or Donahue. Or, or Donahue, <laughs> or Merv Griffin, or Price is Right. I mean, you had it. <laughs> we we joke around the house here with, with Thule because she was sick for about a week. We're like, kid, you have no idea how bad it used to be when you were sick as a kid. When I was sick as a kid, you know, it's like, Grandpa, get off the fucking porch, stop your preaching. But when we were sick, it was fucking miserable. You wanted to get better to go to school because you got to sit in your bedroom 
if you are lucky, your mom would roll the black and white portable TV into your bedroom. But there were plenty of times where I was sick and my mom's like, no, because I think she didn't trust me that I was really sick. No, you're not getting any TV this time if you're staying home. You're staying in bed. And, you know, what do, what do you got to do? I don't know, read some comic books, read Boys Life magazine, listen to some music. That was it when you were sick. Mm-hmm. Or you got good at game shows. Game shows. <laughs> but, but, you know, yeah. that was... You know, with Wink Martindale. As, as, like, as an elementary school kid... That was fucking boring and lame. Like, okay, it was better than watching soap operas and it was better than watching the Dinah Shore show. But still, it was like, oh my God, you mean I got to watch game shows? I got to watch The Price of Joker, 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 Joker. Joker. (laughs) I happened to be homesick the day that Kiss was on Mike Douglas. So I actually saw that. In my bedroom on our. Did you know they were going to be on it, or did you just get lucky because you were scanning it was the before channel? I was a Kiss fan. That was the thing that was like, wow, who are these guys? And then I kind of forgot about it, I think. And then I, then a year or so later, I ended up with one of the records going, oh yeah, yeah. I was just. I didn't even know about that until many years later. It was oh, just yeah. dumb luck. I happened yep. to be home when it was on. You know, yeah, kind of like I. That's that's the first time I discovered Monty Python. Sunday nights on Channel Two, which was yep. you know, PBS. And PBS. Like, and the first thing I ever saw was the uh, Twit Race. And oh, like, it's hilarious! This is awesome. What is this? I've never heard of it before. You know, Monty Python and Benny Hill. Oh, oh yeah, oh Benny God. Hill. When you, disco- when you discovered Benny Hill, you were like, "Holy crap! This takes Monty Python." into the r-rated genre here i'm Absolutely. just like holy crap there's women running around in lingerie for a freaking hour on tv this is like climbing in my un- on uh, my uncle bud's head for a day i it, it's know? funny because i literally within the last week just posted something from monty python on my on my facebook just and i just put you know believe it or not years ago people used to have a sense of humor yeah. <laughs> I, again that wouldn't that none of that stuff would even have got off the ground now and mm-hmm. and sadly so i mean come on you got to be able to laugh at yourself about everything uh, otherwise you're doomed anyways i, I don't want to even get on that topic so yeah. oh, well sorry, all right. any 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 other comments well one other one i want to read which is actually a personal message to me uh, i have a friend his name is brad duran i've known brad for 30 plus years and he lives out in oklahoma he's a professor uh does really well for himself anyways he said great three sides episode with david leaf i just purchased the brian wilson book as a result well, i'm hearing that go. yeah thank you. absolutely yeah no thank you brad for doing that i mean <laughs> you know again if you haven't checked out last week there, there's two two main parts to last week's show. There's, there's about I don't know a 15 minute discussion about uh, Kiss Online and the Creatures box set shipping disaster. But you can skip that. I put the link in the YouTube description to take you straight to the David Leaf interview. And and you know here, let me. I want to share this one. I want to share one comment that. Um, I saved from this new episode, which is really, it's really spot on. This was a comment 
from Julian Gill that he posted on the Kiss FAQ um, Facebook page. We got to have him back on. Julian mm-hmm. simply said a must listen episode. Now, you know, when Julian says something is must listen, and, you know, this is the guy who pretty much knows everything there is to know about Kiss. You know, that means a lot. And and David Leaf talking about his 1970 autobiography, his biography on Kiss that never happened and then ended up becoming behind the mask. Fascinating, fascinating discussion. And for those of you who did listen he is David is digging into his storage locker to see if he's still got the cassette tape interviews from the four band members. Yeah. That would be talk about finding long lost gold. Oh, that God, could be yeah. that could be incredible if he finds it. So, um, but then he went on and we talked about the Beach Boys, and Brian Wilson, and Paul McCartney, and the Beatles, Charlie Manson. I mean, it was. A rock and roll geek fest is what it was. Yes, of epic proportions. Yeah, yeah. So please, I mean, you may not have interest in the Beach Boys, but listen, I think you're going to find it absolutely fascinating how so much of what we were talking about was interweaved and connected. And, you know, it's, again, if you love rock and roll, this is going to give you a little bit of history. And if, if Mark ends up baking those tapes and, and saving them. <laughs> oh, that was me after the box set. Yeah. So, well, why, you guys both have your box set. So let's talk so, some positivity so, here. Yeah. So, so uh, let me give people a quick update from last week. So my box set, we're recording this on uh, let's Tuesday say, the 29th. 20, 29th. My box set arrived yesterday, the 28th. So 10 days after release date, 11 days after they sent me, they, Kiss Online, sent me an email saying we've begun shipping. It took 11 days to get here, which is just listen to last week. Is it fucking sucks. It, it the short story is it went from Michigan to Ohio to Oklahoma to New Mexico to Southern California, and then it literally sat in Southern California for four days before it left and got delivered to me on the twenty eighth. So the the funny part is. The email I got from Kiss Online saying it's out for delivery was sent to me on the 28th saying, your, your box set is now out for delivery. Look for it today. Estimated delivery date is the 23rd. What are you doing, Tommy? It looks, it looks like my picture's blurry. It's weird. <laughs> so I'm just listening. As I'm listening, I'm just so so. so Again, the, the Kiss Online email said on the 28th, this is out for delivery. You should get this on the 23rd. It's like, what the what the F? I mean, come on. Your systems obviously are a mess. So, um, you know, again, listen to last week. Sadly, we've heard from many fans 
around the world who are experiencing the same freaking delays and issues that I went through for the box set. This is not unique to me. This wasn't a one-off case. This is clearly, however, Kiss Online has got this set up. But yeah, Adrian Poole sent a note saying that he's still waiting on his. He's not sure when it's going to show up. Well, yeah, and, and and to make that even bad, I saw he posted, they don't have the ability over in the UK to actually track the delivery. So they and they just know it's been shipped. They don't know where it is, how it's yep. going, when it's arriving. Same with Canada, I think, to a certain degree, there's issues. So, yeah, so, I mean, you know, listen listen to the last week's pull-out episode that's up on our YouTube, and you can get the... the, the the sad details of the Kiss Online shipping fiasco again. But today, let's talk about, Mark, how fucking cool is this box set? Yeah, I got to, <laughs> being that my uh, lighting situation is the way that it is, um, I, do you want to just start with each disc? Or well, I, I'm, let, 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 me, let me talk real quick. So, you know what? I'm going to turn off my background yep. so I can... I can hold stuff up here. Let me see if this works without fucking breaking everything. Background and effects. None. Done. Okay. So, um, besides the box set, I ordered the three-disc colored vinyl. Okay. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to hold it all up to show people because you've seen pictures. It's freaking beautiful trifold fold out. The only thing that I will show and mention, and this is being mentioned, this is the color. It's a dark blue. It is not the light baby blue that is in the pictures. And honestly, I mean, I'm not returning it because of this, but boy, I sure love that lighter baby blue color that they had. And, and the story, according to Tom, who put this whole thing together, is he actually selected that light baby blue color using a color swatch from the vinyl pressing plant, who said, these are the colors you can select from. He selected the light color. And then, for some reason, the, printing, the, the vinyl plant decided on their own to change it to dark blue and didn't tell anybody. So... Tom's not happy about that, rightfully so. Um, How can they just arbitrarily change the color? Fuck, fuck because off. they can. Yeah, I know that was probably <laughs> stupid. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. No, I'm, I don't. I, Tommy, I, I'm not being facetious. I mean, th that's no, I know you're not. That's just that's, but they're not paying for it. You're paying for it, so therefore they they're going to change anything at all. It should have to run by Tom. Well, Amen. I think that's part. I think that's part of what Tom is 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 very upset about. Is first of all, he just so. he he didn't just randomly say, "Ah, oh, just do a light blue color." The plant actually sent him color swatches of what was possible, and and from one of the swatches that they sent him, he picked the light blue. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll get more of that. Is it a major issue? No. It's still blue, but that light blue really looked phenomenal in the pictures. So, so um, everybody's is dark blue. Everybody's is dark blue. Okay. May, I, I don't know. May, maybe there'll be, you know, second printings where they'll get it corrected. I don't know. 
Um, I don't know what Tom is planning to do with it, but, um, you know, it's got three vinyl discs in here. It's got a, a paper, paper book in here as well. Um, I haven't listened to the vinyl and, and honestly, I don't plan on listening to the vinyl. I got the vinyl because, you know, the Creatures of the Night vinyl album was a big, was a big moment, big memory for me buying that when it first came out. So I just felt like I had, this is one of the albums I had to, had to do that on. It, it, it and, was such an important album to me. Well, and you realize that they actually came here and played live. So therefore you went to the tour as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, Creatures of the Night, yeah, I went to um, the Dynasty Inn store, and I'd been a fan since 76, but Creatures of the Night was when I really, you know, became a nut job Kiss fan. I well, mean, I that, think, that's when I just started absorbing everything I could find on them. And, and that's some of the stories that I think that are so interesting, like that whole thing you've talked about before, where you go to the in-store Dynasty, but you had no concept to go see them play live. Yeah. You know, and, and people may think that that's like ridiculous, but it's not because back in those days, you had to depend on either a radio ad that you heard once in a great while, a TV ad or ads on the Sunday paper. So I always couldn't wait to get to the Sunday paper because I love to look at all of the ads for the new movies that came out. I just love that artwork. And then I would go to the music section to see if there were any concerts coming. That's the only way you knew. So if you didn't have an older brother or sister or some friends who had experienced before, you had no idea how to know about any of this. Stuff. Well, and, and, and that was exactly my case. I didn't have yeah. an older sibling. I didn't have parents who were, who were doing that sort of stuff for me. So I was just learning this on my own. I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember how I learned Kiss was coming to Great American Music, probably simply because I went to Great American Music to buy some music and I saw a flyer that said Kiss is coming. Yeah. I mean, that probably was how I learned about it. Yeah, could very well be. I don't yeah. remember how I heard about it either, but it, everyone knew. So, so anyway, Creatures is when, you know, I, I've got, I can still picture it in my head of seeing the album at great American music, not knowing that that album was coming out. Cause I was looking for killers actually. And seeing, seeing this blue cover up on the new release wall going, Holy shit, that's a kiss album. And I've never seen before. And I just bought it. And I remember going home, putting it on my stereo, Sanyo stereo system, putting some headphones on, turning off the lights and just, cranking it and you know mark you and i have talked about this all the time it's like when that needle dropped i was like what am i listening to here after coming through dynasty and unmasked and elder and you drop the needle on creatures and you're like whoa holy shit my my head's exploding you know the other thing that i always still remember is you know, by that time, I knew every album was a new Kiss look, new costumes, new something. So I'm looking at every detail on this cover, trying to figure out what the new costumes are going to be like. What can you pick out of it? And honestly, the only thing 
was on Paul. You can see a little bit of his choker. And I was just like, oh, what, what, what does that mean? What, what's the rest of this? I mean, they, you know, we're kiss geeks. We're fucking yeah. teenagers. You're trying to decipher everything in here. There's no, because let's remember the album previous to this was the Elder Costumes. Traumatic deviation. So, Paul had his Golden Girls necklace on. Yeah, the headband. And and yeah, I mean, it's just like, again, there was very, there was nothing on the back to tell you anything about the band. Very little here that says they, other than the fact that you could look at this and go, oh, it looks like their hair's back. It doesn't look like shortcut hair anymore. But until you saw like the loudest band in the world poster or an I love it loud video. We had no fucking idea what they look like. Yeah. I remember distinctly a, an interview from hit parader magazine before, you know, it was obviously between elder and, and creatures. And this is when they were all full on apologizing for, you know, we're going to come back heavy. We're going to come back heavy. We're going to, you know, that was, for a good couple of months, that was the, what they were preaching. And when it, when you finally got it, you were like, thank God, this is, this is what I wanted. And again, I mean, I was very fortunate. I saw the tour. I got the record the day that it was out. I couldn't have been. It was funny, though. I kind of felt like, you know, a, an island unto myself, though, because at that point, all my friends were into Van Halen and Ozzy and I had very few friends who cared. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, though, it's fucking it's kids. The kiss we grew up with. It's the, the hard rock kiss. And they didn't want to. Although I will tell you, until I started playing it for people, then they started getting it. Because by then I was old and I was driving and I set deck and I'm like, this is the new kiss, you know, to anyone who fucking bothered to listen to me, you know, Um and it was, and it was great. I mean, this again, magic memories, um, you know, for me. And uh, it's funny too, because I was a senior in high school when this came out, it was a big deal. Um, you know, I remember wearing my creatures of the night shirt the next day to school. And I went to a Catholic school and, uh, you know, you had just had to have a shirt with a collar on. So I always just wore a flannel with a concert t-shirt underneath it. You know what I mean? And, but I mean, that's, that's, I was like, I couldn't wait to display my KISS fandom. And, you know, some people gave you grief for it, but I've always, as you can tell, I've always been the type, I don't give a fuck, you know, this is what I like and I couldn't care less. And uh, matter of fact, I went, went to, went with a good buddy of mine from, from high school and we were just blown away, man. We were right up front and it was awesome. It's funny. You were talking about that too. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about some of our concert memories. I remember the day the tickets went on sale and I remember going to Hudson's um, and I remember I was like, there's only like three or four people there. And I got like second row and I was just blown away. I was like, so excited, you know, and everything about that memory. And as I've said on the show so many times, that was when I said my iconic line, iconic now through this show, um, no Peter, no Ace, no problem. I, I, Everything about this era blows me away. Still, perfection was perfection. I mean, it, it really I, was. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was the same way, Mark. I mean, it was it was when when I went to the show. Obviously, I, we we already knew Peter was long gone, and you know, I Ace was in a lot of the concert ads. So, and there were rumors here and there, but again, remember pre-internet. So unless you actually read the article or were in the know through other people, there wasn't a lot of confirmed, like, oh, we knew exactly what was going on. It was being, there were articles that were saying, oh, Ace is still in the band, but he can't tour because he's had a car accident. So Vinny's temporary filling in. That was the story that JJ Jackson yep. said. I believe when the I Love It Loud video premiered on MTV, he's like, Ace isn't going to be on the road because he briefly talked about, because I remember, I remember that distinctly when that video debuted on MTV was in the evening. And I remember, I think I had hockey or something to go to. And I was like, I'm not leaving until I see this fucking video and right like, oh my god oh my god when 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 you know and uh yeah again just uh just blown away that that too it's funny because i i know that tommy i, I love it loud is not one of your favorite songs or something, but this that song still resonates with me because talk about you know they're back holy shit the first time you see that video the first time in real time, this is for you younger fans. The last time I'd seen him on TV, I think, was Solid Gold. Yep. Well, when, yeah, and, and I want to... When I Love It Loud video came on, I'm like, that's it? That's what I fell in love with. Well, and I, I want to clarify something. So, for me, it's not that I hate the song. I love the video. And I was okay with it on the vinyl. It's just not a song I want to see them play live. I would much rather have um, Unholy or uh, Almost Human. There's a bunch. Oh, I, I do too, Tommy. But it, it, that's not going to go over in an arena with people who... <laughs> I know. I, no, no, no. I, 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 totally I, I Love It Loud is, is, is a great Kiss anthem. It yeah. was... I mean, listen, again... When Creatures was released after the previous three albums, you couldn't have picked a better freaking song than I Love It Loud to say Kiss is fuck back. It's a new anthem. It's a fist pounding anthem. Um, yeah, I mean, is it is it an, an incredible song? It's not incredible. But 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 I you know, Mark, I don't I know I didn't see the video premiere. Because again, keep in mind, everybody, you know, MTV was live. It's not like you could go back and rewatch MTV if you missed it. Right. You missed it. Right. You missed it. And they would tell you, they would be like, and again, you only would know this if you were watching. And they would say, oh, and next Thursday at 7 p.m., we're premiering the new video from Kiss that, I Love It Loud. Th that's how I that's, found out, Mike. That's, that's the only way you know about it. So, after the friend called me and told me they're like at this time and then like the i would make sure it was like an hour before and i i want to say it was jj jackson who's like one more hour and we're gonna yep and that hour was the slowest hour in yep. and i see it, it, it was it was a big deal for world premiere videos on mtv a huge deal you got to understand how huge that's like a single radio station in the world 
playing a new song before anybody else. And they tell you exactly when you get to listen to it and see it. Yes, they'll tell you this day, this time, and they'll run commercials to pre-promote it. Yep. And there'll usually be interview clips wrapped around it. It was a big deal, but I missed it. But I, you know, I was in, I was going to Normandale Community College at the time and they had in the student union a we called it the MTV room. It was a small size room that had a big screen rear projection TV in it. And it was dark and it was just filled with chairs. And I kid you not that all day long, that room was filled with students watching MTV videos. That's all you did is you, I mean, you would hope you could get in there and get a chair, but there were people sitting on the floor, standing in the doorway. I mean, it was, this was just normal video playing. People spent hours watching it. And I would go in there because, again, you don't know when, whether it was Motley Crue or Kiss or whoever, even, you know, Quiet Riot, you don't know what's coming up next. That was, that was the beauty of MTV. That's how it hooked you so bad is you had no idea what was going to be played next. So you just had to keep watching and watching. And I, I watched for days and days and days, like, please play the kiss video, please play the kiss video, please. And it, it didn't get great rotation on MTV, but that's what you went through to try. I mean, your story, Mark, about not wanting to miss it. I remember, um, Motley Crue um, looks that kill and I remember it, I knew it was coming up and it was in the winter and my dad's like you gotta go shovel the driveway get out there and shovel and I'm like no I gotta watch this video I gotta watch you can fucking watch your videos anytime you want get out there and clean the fucking driveway I'm like just two more minutes two more minutes it's the next video it's the next you know that's what we went through as kids it was I mean I'm sort of glad we don't have to go through that anymore, but it but was, it was quite, it. It, it was a quite an experience that you went through. And that to... actually expanded your fandom, didn't it? Oh, really? yeah. Sure. Oh, you know, yeah. And, and I remember yeah. spending the entire summer of 81 uh, doing odd jobs, mowing, whatever I could do, delivering the post newspaper. I had a paper route for a short time, just so I could save up enough money to buy a VCR. And I bought a, a JVC VCR and then I started taping shit because I never thought I'd maybe get to see it again. And there's a lot of truth to that. There are certain shows or things that aired maybe once or twice and that was it. So we used to tape it religiously. So, I, you know, it took forever to get the um, World Without Heroes video, but finally got it on the Casey Kasem thing. That was one of the very first things I ever taped and solid gold and all of that stuff. And then obviously all the creature stuff, you know, and then by that time, by 82, when creatures came out, I had enough friends who had VCRs that, okay, I'll tape the news on CBS, you tape NBC and I'll I'll tape ABC. And that's what we would do. And we would get all, all of that. So I got all the Peters brothers stuff. I got all of the different things where Gene would come on and talk with Don Selby on the phone and shit. PM magazine and all that stuff. Yep. 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 It would have been all lost forever. Cause if there weren't people like all of us who had VCRs that recorded this stuff, some of it's gone. And I remember for a period of time, 84 or so, 
where they were playing uh, the old gray whistle test on one of the cable TV really? channels. Oh, God, yeah. I taped every day I taped it, whether I like the band or not. Because I wanted to get the, you know, I wanted to get Blondie and and some of these. Let other everybody know there. that that wasn't something because we didn't have that in Detroit. No, it was it was a it was a cable TV, but I could have sworn Mark it was for a very long time. It was like for six months, and it was on USA Network. Because was, a, Old Grey Whistle Test was exclusive out of the UK, right? That was right. something you, I, I, and they were rebroadcasting. Yeah, they were rebroadcasting older shows because I came home one afternoon. I turned the TV. I'm like, holy shit. And then it was on the next day. And the next day, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to start taping all of this. You know, it, or that so, just disappears. So so back to Creatures. So, you know, that was my first Kiss concert. It's really when I got deep into following Kiss. Great memories of seeing the album the first time, listening to it the very first time. Um, the, you know, again, there was nothing I didn't love about it. The music was freaking incredible. The visual, once you saw what the band looked like, those costumes to this day, the creature's costume on Gene is the best costume he's ever had with the spiked boots, spiked boots. There's nothing better than that. I loved Paul's costume. I mean, you could, looking back now, you can tell Paul wanted to take the makeup off because his costume was very minimal. It was just spandex pants, his boots, and a T-shirt. I mean, but it, I loved everything about it. So when the box set was announced, you know, you know, it's not like I'm buying, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to buy every box set that come out. But this one holds a special place in my my memory. So I had to get this one. Had to absolutely get this one. Um, so let me let me start. You know, here's here's the cover of the box. Now I I, I know early on there were fans that were crying about oh the freaking pink. It looks like a cake box, dude. This is beautiful. It's the pink from the kiss logo on the cover it's got kind of a metallic foil shine to it um the box looks freaking amazing i can't there's nothing i can complain about this box it looks just looks fantastic now just like the destroyer one i peeled off my hype stickers from both i'm not the only one (laughs) stuck them in stuck them inside Trust me, they peel off from the cellophane super easy. You're not going to rip anything. Peel them off, stick them in there, and now you got your hype stickers taken care of. Um, you know, for the most part, I would say the format of this follows right along with the Destroyer box set. So, you know, you open it up. Beautiful, beautiful hardcover book made to look like the uh reel-to-reel tape um i i again i got this yesterday so i haven't even gone through any of this but i'm so looking forward to sitting down and reading this and looking at everything in here um you know it 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 covers you know it's got it's got some goes back a little bit to the elder creek killers era yeah yeah, I mean it it's 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 what set this up. Um, you know, filled with 
with ads, filled with interviews, filled with photos, um, you know, you know, just posters again, you know, the, that loudest band in the world store poster still to this day is probably the best kiss promo poster. Oh, for sure. The, the label has ever done that them standing on the rocks with the moon behind that was like, after you heard creatures and then you saw that poster, you're like, yes, this is the perfect image for this band um i mean there's again i i I am so looking forward to going through this book i don't mark have you gone through it yet do you want to add to it i i you know much like i said last week um i received my box uh on the 20th because it was supposed to come on the 18th which was friday 19th was saturday 20th was sunday but I was super busy, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't open. I did not literally open it and look at it till this past Sunday. So today's Tuesday, so two days ago. Um, I <laughs> I took it to work where I wouldn't be bothered, and on a Sunday afternoon, I opened it. And it's funny, Mike, what you were just saying. I was going to interject. I'm glad I didn't. <clears throat> There's so much to look at and to read that I didn't have time. What I did on Sunday was I literally went through everything from the the buttons to the patch to the, you know, all the, you know, the posters and stuff. But I had, I still have not read the books yet. Now I did, I skimmed over them. I really can't wait to dig into, uh, ken's newspaper that uh you know the same thing that they had to destroy that just looks fascinating i will tell you what so what i did is is i i spent a couple hours with it i went over everything slowly i put the cds into my laptop so i could transfer them to my ipod and you know just really really soaking in the music and i was really looking forward to you know how much better sonically is it and that's one thing i want to you know stick more with in today's discussion i know uh you know we've been kind of all over the place this first half hour or so but when i listened to the actual redone record it sounded glorious i i was like I couldn't believe how great it sounded coming through my, you know, coming through my car. So actually a truck, my, my truck speakers, they really tweaked this thing to the max. It, I, I didn't know this record could sound that great. Um, and, and, and it's not that the record didn't sound great to begin with back in its original release, yeah. but yeah, they, they, they worked their magic on it. Yes, the Sonics are incredible. So, you know, just that's just disc one. Um, disc two. Um, then they go, you know, the killer songs are, are there in a row. But what I was really blown away by was, and I, I, I you know, to be fair, I'd, I'd already had these, the, the, the demos. But 
just the the penny lane demos and the you know let's 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 go right to you know the unreleased stuff if you want um that uh deadly weapon is just you know and as you know on on a side here's the funny on asylum you know gene sings that chorus because it's a different song but they rehashed the chorus you know love's a deadly weapon murders on my the version on here you're with paul singing that chorus because again it's a totally different song on asylum this i how did this not get released how was this not on creatures this song in its form you know both the demo the penny lane demo and the other demo this should have been on creatures i mean that's a dynamite song and again you know I, here's another thing I thought was kind of funny. On this box set, the Deadly Weapons or Deadly Weapon um, song, Paul sings it. Now, Love's a Deadly Weapon on Asylum, Gene sings it. But it's essentially the same chorus. Also on this record, one of the outtakes is called Betrayed. Paul sings it. But Betrayed is a Gene song that came out on Hot in the Shade. Totally different song, 100%. But I just thought it was funny how they recycled one another's song title. It, it is. It's, it's also, as we get more and more of these releases, it's, it's interesting to see how songs keep coming back in and going out until they finally get used at some point. And, and you know, it, it's... It, it would be interesting for the band at some point to do like some sort of, I don't know if it's, if it's a CD release or a book release, but that focuses on one of these songs. That's like, okay, when we first demoed it back here, here's why we didn't use it. Then it came back as a potential usage for this album. And then it finally got used years later in this album, like have Gene and Paul talk about, Right. Why? What was that? The the flow, the history of that song, that it, you know, they obviously liked these songs enough that they kept trying to use them, and finally use them. But then you've also got stuff like Mark, "It's My Life." Why was "It's My Life" never used, even though it's been there so many times? What was the what was the thought process between behind some of these songs never making it to a final release and other songs being used and demoed, you know, multiple times before finally getting recorded that, that there's gotta be some interesting backstory behind some of these songs. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's why I always thought it was so cool for the longest time back in the eighties and nineties, when I would go to record shows, they would have, these cds of the beatles and it would be just one song and like 56 cuts yeah the the history of the song the history of the song you could literally hear from its very beginning to just an instrumental part of it just the vocals and then how they pieced it together removed some it was just i don't know i thought it was not i'm not that type of a beatles fan but i thought it was very fascinating and the people that are beatle fans like that I was very happy for them because what a cool thing to have when those days there was no kiss stuff at all it seemed like 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, these, the, 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 these are disc two and disc three that we're talking about here. The disc two is the demo rarities. They're both demos, rarities and outtakes. And it's a, it's a fascinating listen to, to go through this stuff. And, and one of the things, cause when, when the box at first came out, I did listen to the audio on, on Spotify. And I remember, you know, making a comment to you guys in, in a chat. I'm like, it's interesting that at least from my perspective, now keep in mind, Creatures of the Night was the album that, you know, the label told them, they knew, everything was like, you got to go back to being a heavy metal band. After the elder fiasco, you got to go back to hard rock. Yeah. And I kind of felt like some of these gene demos were like, wow, he's not hitting that hard heavy metal feel on some of these demos. Paul seemed to be doing more heavy metal than Gene was. Gene still felt there was a couple songs here. I'm like, well, some of them are from his his vault. Yeah, but some of them are from the vault, which I kind of felt a little ripped off by. Because they, they repeat a couple songs that were, you know, that were on the Gene Vault are, are on here now. Um, and matter of fact, they, they do say right there, the you know, Gene Simmons demo uh, on there. Uh, it's My Life is one of them. Um, but yeah, I, it was funny because that Betrayed song that Paul sings, I, again, why didn't they keep working on it? I will tell you the verse is he's obviously ripping off Sammy Hagar. Now I know what he's doing because I've written lots of songs. Sometimes you, you, you a lot of I, a lot of people who write songs call it a, a, you know a time a, 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 a placekeeper. If you're writing mm-hmm. a song and it's got a certain feel, but you whatever you don't have a feel for the verse or something yet, you may take like a Beatles song and just go when it comes to that part you'll repeat you know. Because I think that's what Paul did here. He's like, okay, because he's singing uh, what only one way to rock um, the verse in that. If you listen to the melody that he's singing, it, it's, it sounds like the one way to rock verse from Sammy Hagar. But the intro and the chorus doesn't. And that's easily, that's something you can easily fix. You, again, when you're just trying to block the song. But in fact, Gene does it on some of the later demos, you'll hear him say bridge, you know, and then right, you hear right. him say chorus. That's again, when you're writing again, this is something I've been doing my whole life. When you're writing with somebody or whatever, that's what you do. Like, this is the chorus, you know, I, we need to put a chorus in here. Let's not worry about it right now, but the chorus has to go here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that, and it was cool hearing those, um, you know, Gene doing those on, I think Saint and center and, and stuff like that. But, like I said, the betrayed song and, and just like Deadly Weapons, those are quality. Those are good album cuts, man. Those are good, strong songs. I was just surprised that they didn't. And I'll tell you what, I thought both those songs are better than Killer, in my opinion. Um, I think it would have been stronger on the album. Um, again, would it affect the sales? No. Well, only one song would have done that. <laughs> 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 right. 
here we go. Here we go. Turning it over to Mark. And it's, it's the It's My Life episode. But all kidding aside, you know, those are really strong songs. I'm surprised. More so Deadly Weapon than, than anything else. I, that song is such a kick-ass classic hard rock and kiss song. It's like a no-brainer. And again, the, the you know, the, the eventual, you know, slight change, title change and, and you know, and, and I, the totally regutting the song when Gene did it didn't didn't have didn't have like any of the feel that the Paul Stanley version has. Uh, again, to be fair, and I've already mentioned this three or four times, but it's a totally different song. They just share the same right. vocal melody for the chorus. Um, but man, what a wasted opportunity! That's the way I look at at both of those songs. You know, and 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 maybe in the book somewhere. It does talk about this. I don't know, because, again, I haven't read the book yet. I literally just me, got me all this yesterday. I got this yesterday. But, you know, th this is, these are the types of questions where it's like, boy, wouldn't it be great to have the late Michael James Jackson chime in and go, what was the thinking? Why didn't that song, as the producer, why didn't he push it further? Why did he let it go? What was Gene and Paul's thinking through all of this? I, I almost rather than rather than just hearing demos, I want to hear the story of that demo. I want to know why it was picked, why it wasn't picked. How come you changed the lyrics from this version of it to that version to the final album? Uh, you know, I want that background context when I hear these. I think it makes, for me, the demos much more interesting when you can hear, well, why did that chorus change? Why did you change that chorus, Paul? Well, here's why I changed it. More so the thing that I'm enjoying are, is the extra guitar work, like in Rock and Roll Hell. Um, there's extra guitar on these other takes that I think adds to the song. And I'm going to get to the guitar playing here shortly because something really, as, as they say in England, they put a B in my bonnet here was not happy about, um, you know, when they get, when we get to the live stuff, but, but right now, and again, don't get me wrong, the live stuff too sounds dynamite. They did a great job with that. Um, but just staying on the, the demos and the extra, cuts and I, I was very happy that they put the uh the 85 remix of creatures mm -hmm. on here too i thought but isn't there's two more though right i was surprised those didn't end up i thought they put uh, i thought there was three songs that were remixed in 85 i think someone's going off the top of my head Please yeah don't i don't know for sure but i i did know that creatures was one of them i wanted to say war machine um, was another one that was remixed in 85. Maybe it's am. just a limitation of how much they could put on the disc. Possible. But speaking of War Machine, this extended version, I wish this would have been the version on the album. This version on here, the extended version, is fucking awesome. I don't know why they edited it. I think it's it's more powerful, too. I, I Again, that, this, that thing, I, that I'd never heard before. I was very blown away um, hearing the extended version um, of War Machine. But, but also, too, um, some of this, you know, while we're all exuberant about some things, 
you know, the the songwriting things where Eric and uh, and Gene were just playing bass and drums to them. Listen to them once, done. You know, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Very throwaway. Not something that I'm gonna. I, I tell you what I do on my iPod too. I did it on the Destroyer one. I made an alternate version of 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 creatures and killer uh or killers what i what i did is i put like the alternate versions here in the same order that they would have been on the record like i put the penny lane demos of like nowhere to run and stuff like you, you know what i mean it's it just it's it's a fun listen when you put them in order and the way you're used to hearing them with different takes um i just do that personally i just think it's fun and i've been listening to that um, over the last two days. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, there's so much killer stuff that the filler stuff doesn't even bother me, you know, you, you know, you know, what kind of <clears throat> has piqued my interest too, is the way they've labeled these, like going back to war machine, it's war machine, full length version mix 11. What are the other 10 before this? Sound? I know, I know, I know, you know, there, there's one here that's, Creatures of the Night alternate mix 19. Okay, that means there's 18 other mixes. What is different? Um, you know, there, you know, I love it loud, mix 21. Uh, how different are all these other mixes? And again, what was the thought process from mix one to mix 21? Did somebody go, okay, we need to pull this down a little bit and mix 15 became less guitars. And then mix 16 was bringing the guitars back, but pulling bass down. I don't, that's, that's the sort of stuff I'm more interested in is the, the, the behind the scenes path of composing to what ended up being released the path that was taken from the very first demo to what was pressed and put on vinyl, how many versions were there and why did each version exist and what was changed? I'm not saying I got to listen to every one of those versions, but talk to me about that story. That's, you know, that's the kind of book I would love to have is a in the studio book where they literally just, go through every song and tell you the, the path it took to get to what was pressed. Yeah. I mean, some of those things is you know, again, cause I've mixed stuff in the studio before, you know, mix the difference between mix three and five might be the bass is just a little louder in one of them. Oh, no, I mean, it's, uh, sure. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. So you, you won't even, you won't even, you won't, I you mean, won't even hear the difference. Yeah. But I like when they, you know, when they go back and they find, that's what I thought was so great about the resurrection record. You know, when they did destroyer resurrection, there were things on there, different choruses and different instruments. I put, put that stuff there. You know what I mean? Yep. That's the, that I love, love remixes, man. Remixes are fun, especially on, on a class this album too. I mean, I don't know how much is buried in the original master 24 tracks i don't know um i mean even if you listen to the 85 remix it, it, can you tell it's remixed yeah you can especially at the end it doesn't end with that bombastic you know echo it's more succinct you know um 
But getting on that too, you know what I thought they might throw on this when they didn't? And it's kind of overlooked is the, is the version of I Love It Loud from Smashes Thrashes with dry drums. It just doesn't even work. You know what I mean? That, that, but I thought they'd put it on for historical purposes. You know, I, I don't know why they didn't. But, you know, if you ever go back, you know, if you ever go revisit Smashes Thrashes, I don't think most people that watch this show would because I think that's for a more of a casual Kiss fan. Where I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who watch this show probably still spin double platinum because, you know, the, the, the nuances are cool on some of the songs. I don't think most people listen to the show would do that with smashes, thrashes. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But again, I was kind of surprised um, not to see that on here. I thought that would be, when did that come out? 89? Yeah. 88? <clears throat> 88, 89, 21, yeah. 22, whatever it takes. Um, Probably 88, because um, 89 was uh, on the shade. That's right. That's, Tommy's got it. Tommy's got it. 87, maybe. I don't know. What do I know? Um, again, that's where people, I thought you were a kiss fan. I'm like, look, dude, I'm just talking, okay? I don't have fucking time to look at the exact, exact dates. I could care less. Um, let's get to something that I do, because I, I actually got to be out of here in another 20 minutes. Um, let's Let's talk about the live stuff. Now, I love the live stuff on here, but I've got a huge issue that really bothers me. Okay. Well, you guys all out here in Kissland, you know that these shows have leaked, the ones that they used for these, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to put an amalgamation together for these. If you look at your liner notes, you know, and he even says, you know, one of them's whatever, Pine Bluff and then Houston. And so they put a full show together out of various shows. Look, man, I have a huge problem when people doctor history. Huge problem with it because you don't learn anything. Um. They took Vinny's solo out, and I thought that was stupid. There's a solo that goes, I, I want you live, like had a, a it was, it, the song was like 15 minutes, because they, they did part of the song, Vinny did a solo, Paul did a vocal thing, and you know, I think in some shows too, he did little guitar thing. It's like Paul and Vinny split their little guitar solo parts, and I'm like, they didn't do that on here. And it sounds like it was edited with a fucking chainsaw, meaning, you know, at the end of I, uh, I Want You, there's like, you know, you hear the, the like the turbo jet thing come on, and like Vinny, all you hear him is one little done. Look, do I want to hear a Vinny solo? No. Who but does? Damn it, but damn it, that's what it, that's what it was. If you're going to give us this, Give us the fucking full Monty, as they say. Give us the complete show. And I don't care if you take it from various different shows, but don't do that. That's, I don't think that's cool, man. You know, it's, it's, you, you don't piss on history. History's not there for you to like or hate. You're, you're, excuse me. You, you got to learn from history. That's what you got to do. Put the whole show out the way that it is. 
Don't, I to- I not- totally get what you're saying, Mark. But again, do you think there's a a a an honest answer in that they had to trim fat out in order to make all of this fit on one CD? Um, if you time the CDs, there's enough time. Okay, I, I I haven't timed any of that. I'm just throwing out there possibilities of. Okay, you know, do we do we trim out solos so we can get all the songs on, or do you cut songs off because you want to listen to solos? I mean, do, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to listen to solos. I don't. But damn it, that's what that's what the that's what the concert sounded like. If you were there, it had a fucking solo. Now, now again, I'll 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 devil's advocate myself here. They they have enough time to put seven creatures tour sound effect tracks on the cd but they don't have enough to put so part of me and i have no idea if this is it but part of me is just guessing they were just like screw vinny we're not we're not putting the spotlight on vinny at all on this if we can help it look whether you like the guy or not he was there. This he was there. He played a solo, and it came during "I Want You." And anybody who went to the show that paid attention knew that. And now, anybody who, who wants to listen to any of the bootlegs of the tour, that's where it went. So when I was listening to this, I was ready to go. Oh crap! I got to go waste six minutes of my time to listen. <laughs> and what wasn't there? And somebody's going to go, oh, yeah, you're going to waste six. Look, man, you're missing the point. I can hit the fast forward button if I want. Right, you can skip it. Yeah, but I want, for, for continuity's sake, I want the concert as it happened. Now, do you do you know this? Were all of, in all of Vinny's solos, did he play, didn't he play like some Looney Tunes music? He did that at some shows. At um, some shows. Now, I'm uh, again, I'm just... The, he also used the, the, bow. the, the bow. Yeah. Now I'm just again, maybe there was, maybe that was a solo and had the Looney Tunes in here, and you know we can't, we're not going to pay Looney Tunes or get the clearances to use it, so we got to cut it out. Fine, fine. I, edit out that 13 seconds. Don't edit out the whole thing. It again. I, I'm. <laughs> I don't want to hear the solo. I would have fast forwarded through it. But I want to. I want a document that's an actual document. Now, also, this also was a little nitpicky thing. King of the Nighttime World came at the end of the set. I thought they should have put it in. You know, I think that was uh, when they did do it live. The one or two times that they did do it live, it was right before Black Diamondish. It was right towards the end, and it, it it's on its. You know, it's on the bonus part. Bonus performance, yeah. yeah. And I just, again, too, you know what? Instead of having those bonus of the repeat live songs, which are essentially the same thing, put the whole freaking show up. Put the put the solo on it and take out one of the repeats of Rock and Roll All Night or whatever. Right? You know, again, I'm just using an example. People take the shit so literal. So, but that's, that's my point. I, again, 10 out of 10 sound. I love it. But here's 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 a little bit of hypocrisy on my end, a little bit of hypocrisy on my end. So don't I'm admitting my hypocrisy. If you're Paul, you got to be cringing at some of these fucking 
stage wraps. Oh God, yes. <laughs> Were they bad? <laughs> uh, Paul Stanley, I love you, but that was a rough time for you, man. And I, I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know he's, try, he's trying to be to a do. bad, they were, you know, to that memo that, that I sent you guys, yes. which is actually in the book. It is in the book. The band was trying to roughen up their, toughen up their image. That was, that was a plan. And I'm sure the stage raps were like, Paul, you got to go out there and you got to say fuck. And you got to talk about drinking and you got to talk about sex and you got to, you know, you got to be, you got to be the rock star that you we gotta, need to recreate. On, Mike, Mike, timeline. Who was the number one stage rap guy in 1982? And you couldn't fucking touch him if you wanted to. Dave. David Lee David Roth. Lee Roth. Yep. And and nobody emceed a party better. Like Dave than did. David nope. Lee Roth. And and the thing about Dave is when he did it on stage, it was genuine. It was natural. It felt like that's just the way Dave would talk to you if you were sitting in the hotel bar with them. With Paul doing these raps, you're like, wow, that sounds like you're reading kind of a script here. All I remember at the show going, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. I, I, I will tell you, I, I never liked the, especially now in retrospect, where he does the, you know, telling you know people who don't you know kiss sucks and tell them to fuck up why would you even say that why would you yeah. even bring that we're here to celebrate kiss why why would you bring because i remember at the time like my energy level dropped i remember that part of the show and it, i remember it bothering me you know and now hearing it you know all these years later i'm like man well you know is- I, at hearing hearing all of this these year, many years later I now appreciate that he doesn't do long, stupid story stage raps anymore, that they don't have guitar solos, bass solos, drum solos. It's just like you when I listen back to these now, it's just like, all right, skip. Let me get through that one. I don't want to listen. I don't need to hear. I don't need to hear the I went through security and the alarm <laughs> went off and she came and frisked. Here, here's a funny story. Again, this is timeline. So back when I saw the Creatures tour and he's doing that story about going through security and the and you know the the alarm goes off and you know again. I would basically, you know, a fairly newbie Kiss fan. I've never been to a show before. And he's doing the spiel and he goes, and she got down on her knees. And I was like, holy fuck, they're singing down on your knees from Killer. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought was going to happen. And then, then, then he didn't. And I'm like, oh, I was, I was, I wanted to hear down on your knees from Killer. That would have been so fucking cool. Wow. I didn't even, that never even crossed my mind. But I mean, again, first, first kiss concert ever. And, you know, the only live stuff I'd heard prior to that was kiss alive and alive too. So, and I had just been listening to killers. I mean, that's what I wanted. Again, I thought I was buying killers when I found creatures. I was like, Oh fuck, he's going to play something from killers. That would have been so great. But again, you're, you're, you're right on the stage wraps were freaking 
looking back now, horrendously embarrassing. Bad time, stage raps. And at the time, though, we were all in. So, of course, we're like, oh, yeah, God. those guys. I mean, <laughs> it was rock and roll. Everybody was I doing that. that. I remember that being a cringeworthy thing to me. I, honest to God, then. Swear to God. Yeah. I remember going, don't say kiss sucks. Don't say it was that. Just so, I wasn't thinking that. I was just so happy to be there. And I, I painted a big picture for them. It was like, God, five feet tall. By That's the one that you, uh, you gave away for your buddies, right? You gave I gave feet? it. Yeah, we gave it to them. And they put it That's up on the stage. Awesome. I That's don't have awesome. a photo of it. I wish I did. But I'll just never forget because my friend Barry pulled this girl down off of her shoulders, off her boyfriend's shoulders by her hair. Cause she just kept getting up, getting up, getting up. And so he pulled her down. The guy turned around and punched him in the face. And he, <laughs> he fell back like this and knocked like three of those people over. <laughs> it's awesome. So then at that point, all the chairs had collapsed. So everyone just started to push their way up front. Oh yeah. Fun, fun times. I mean, con concert experiences were completely different for the fans and even the bands back then. You, yeah. the, the, all the bands were trying to be badasses and swearing and talking shit on stage. Yeah. And, you know, well, now, just, now looking back, I'm like, God, I'm glad we don't do that anymore. It's just so not Paul. I'll give you a great example. And yes, I, you know, everybody knows I'm a big Ted fan, but when you listen to double life Gonzo and him, those stage raps, that's Ted. It was natural. It flowed. You but know, you know what? Maybe he, but maybe he felt the need to do that sort of thing because you got to remember too, they just got dumped on after the elder. They come out with this great new record that's somewhat being ignored, a, a tour that's iffy. And then you've got all of the freaking Peters brothers and whatnot outside every night saying you're devil worshipers. So I'm yeah, sure there was a, I, I'm just saying, I bet you there was an element to well, this. Like, I, I want to say something. There, 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 there is 100%. The very first page on the book, you got to read this memo. It's yeah. quite an eye-opening memo, people. It's, it's a memo to Ace, Gene, Paul, Eric, Bill Coyne, and Howard Marks. It's from Ida S. Langsam, who was one of their publicists. And it, it's a publicity proposal. And, Mike, and it the date, date. Date. date date february 25th 1982 okay album hadn't even been recorded yet. yep first line it is imperative at this point to rebuild the strong rock image of kiss the band must once again begin to become associated with everything that rock stands for in fact we must reverse many of the publicity angles we went for in the last year in order to accomplish this. So this, this, and, and what's really great, I'm not going to read it all, but you got to read it. It goes on to basically say they wanted Eric Carr to be the front person for becoming quote, kind of like the bad boy of kiss because he's the new guy in the band. He can act like a rock star. Like he's all excited to be doing all this. They, I mean, this was, as if this is any surprise, this was all planned. This was choreographed. This was met. This was discussed. We need to, how do we make KISS become a, a feared 
band amongst all of these other hard rock metal bands that are now coming out. This was their attempt to do that. And I could bet you anything that part of that was, okay, Paul on the Creatures of the Night tour, you've got to, your, your raps between songs have to be bad a bad boy rap you can't be the nice guy you can't be happy go lucky thankful you got to be a badass up on stage you got to talk about but girls so and women and natural it was it really so was natural oh my <laughs> god there's one there's one bootleg i want to say it's one of the ones that that leaked for creatures it's either that or it's a lick it up one but it's, it's right around that area where he talks about doing 20 shots and whatever in 10 seconds and like paul you're not a drinker like that don't don't say stuff like that just it's not you man just it's again it's funny but the dichotomy between black sabbath was also very big both bands are doing well in 82 ozzy was the buffoon in many ways you know what i mean come on you know where's ronnie james dio he talked to the audience. He was yep. very proper, you know, Th that's what I mean. Those guys, both Ronnie and Ozzy stuck to their guns. David Lee Roth was just the master. Paul just seemed unnatural in that. Go back and literally, if you watch everything from 74 to, to that time, he never acted like that. He was the mm -hmm. ringleader. Mm -hmm. He was, you know what I mean? He was a positive force for rock and roll. Yeah, now let's get sudden, let's get the audience cheering and, yes, and screaming. Now he's, and, about, now he's talking about, you know, kiss sucks. And you know, you don't want people like that. And we want to tell him the security guard off. pulled down my zipper. And yeah, you know, it's just like, come I'm on, like, Paul. Oh man, that is get out there and sing the praises of rock and roll. You're Paul Stanley, man. You don't have to be anyone yep. else. My, my point in, in that is this. I'm happy that they kept that on to a degree. But it was tough to listen to today when I was listening to that. Uh, you know, because I put the show on, on, on my little device there. And, you know, I'm like, God, he just sounds uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It, it, it sounded forced. It sounded like a script. It didn't sound, again, you listen to David Lee Roth at that time, that's that's just Dave's being Dave. I'm just talking like I would talk to you if hey I was man, sitting next I'm to gonna, you in McDonald's. I'm going to fuck your girlfriend because there's yeah. a spot where, where, where Paul kind of apes that on the live show where he's some, some, something about there's one person flipping this off. Did you get to that in the yep, live yep, show yet? Yep, there's yep. one person, and we're going to take your girlfriend back to, no, dude that's Roth. I know exactly yeah. what you're doing. That's not you. That's, that's not you, Paul. Don't do that. You can't do it. And matter of fact, what you do is great. Equally as great as what Dave does. It's different. Don't yep. go there. Yep. And, and again, you know what I mean? S listening to that in 2022, I'm like, Oh man, it's just as bad as I remember. It's cringe. It's cringe. It's cringe worthy. Yes. <laughs> cringe worthy. I'm so, again, I'm so glad at this point, Paul is just into, let's hear your, the, the wild animals over here scream. The wild animals here scream. The wild animals on front scream. Great. That's all I freaking need. I don't need, I don't need, you know, and, and he continued this through the eighties because I, the, that the, was the, my, 
the, yep. the you know, go watch Animal Eyes live uncensored, and it's just like, oh god, your stage raps are so cringeworthy. Back the Michael to, Jackson, Michael stuff. Jackson oh. stuff. It was just oh. like, oh my god. <laughs> it just again, so I, I I'm happy, and I mean this sincerely, that they didn't alter that. Doesn't make it any less cringeworthy, but if you're gonna put that on. Then you have to put the whole, the full Monty on. Put the show the way it was, warts and all. Yes, Vinny's a goofball. Yes, he's a, in, you know, in 2022, he's done everything to undermine everything that he ever did with the band. But damn it, he was there. And that was his spot. I, 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 I totally get, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I would add, and, and, I posted this like when when this was released. Honest to God, the very first thing I listened to when I went to Spotify were the seven sound effect tracks because I don't I don't know why. I mean, those sound effects bring me back to this show. The second mm-hmm. I hear any the of those bell. sound effects, the bell, the, the tank start, the turbine, you know, all of that stuff, you know, listening to the solo wind and gargoyle, it's like, holy shit. The, you know, and this is stuff that was playing while Gene was doing his bass solo and blood spitting without the music and all the other visual distractions. I heard things in that sound effect that I never heard before. And these sound effects were so, and again, this is maybe it's just for me personally meant so much to me because it was just like, I, the second I hear that tank start at the show, I am taken, I close my eyes and I'm taken immediately back to the lights going down at the Met Center in Bloomington. And I can, I can feel it. I can, I can smell it. You know, everything is brought back because of the sound effect, more so than the music itself, the sound effects. I'm going to tell you that I remember hoping, and obviously they didn't. I'm like, when they did the reunion, are they going to bring back that bell? Because when when he spent a lot, it was... I, because keep in mind, you know, I, I, at that point, I'd already seen Kiss in the 70s. I, you know, the blood routines, the blood routine. You know, last time I'd saw it would have been was the, the, the Dynasty tour. And Gene went up and did his thing. And this one at Creatures was different. He did it old school. He said yeah. he, he, did, he didn't he didn't fly up. He yeah. stayed on stage. Yeah. And, and that bell and he did because he does it now. Yeah. You know, he does. He does that thing. And, and it just takes me back. And another thing for you historians like myself, the Bolero part, Beck's Bolero, dun, da, 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 dun, da, 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 dun, that wasn't on the American. That started in South America. If you listen to the to the bootlegs. Because um, the last American bootleg that I think we have as a KISS community would have been Universal's uh, Universal Amphitheater towards the end of the when Motley Crue, they they weren't doing the Bex Bolero. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, Kiss does it now at the end of Black Diamond. Um, you know that uh, thing where they uh, harmonize their guitars and Eric does it. You know that that 
start the first time that I was ever aware of it was when we all saw the the Rio show, you know, when they they finished this this the set. So, you know, and they do it now, which I think is super cool. So it's kind of cool to see a couple tips of the hat to the creatures tour and the and the end of the road tour. That's yep. two of them, the Bell and the and the Bex Bolero. And again, for the younger fans or even older fans, if you don't know, Bex Bolero is, I want to say, on Truth. I, somebody could, whatever. But it's it's a, it's a piece of music that Kiss doesn't copy verbatim, but you can tell that's where they got the that little music interlude thing at the end. That's where they got that from. Um, so again those were two things that they're still using as well as, you know, still doing war machines, still doing, um, uh, I love it loud. And it wasn't that long ago, they were doing creatures of the night, um, in Vegas, you know? So yep. it's, it's cool that that many songs from this era, you know, are still somewhat in the atmosphere of, you know, of the last few years of the band too. I think that's, that's pretty cool. And it also really shows you how powerful this record really was. I, I was always happy when Paul would bring up after, especially during the lick it up tour. And if you go back and look at some of the re interviews, he talks about how disappointed he was that creatures didn't do what lick it up did. Cause in his opinion and mine too, and a lot of fans, creatures, it's a better is a album, it's a better record. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. So, you know, don't, don't, don't discount those sound effects. That's, that is really a, in my opinion, a very cool little Clever. bonus that they threw on here that these effects were really important to the tour. Uh, you know, uh, and it's almost, again, getting back to how I talked about loving to hear the story behind the demos it would be cool to have some commentary of like, well, here's how we created the turbine sound effect. You know, did, did somebody get sent out to the airport and record a jet turbine and we mixed it with this other sound and I, I ended think up I can with answer this. this. I think I can answer this. There were several LPs with sound effects on them that had been in all of the recording studios. And Lots of times when they needed something, they would take it right from the sound effects record. So it's very possible that some of those sound effects that you're hearing were taken from a record that they could be used on something different. And, and, and you know what? That that in itself would be very cool. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. what sound effect record? Because as a geeky Kiss fan, I want to go buy the sound effect record that Kiss pulled the sound effect for the tours from. I'll work I on mean, trying to figure that out. You know, it's so... It, it, little things like that are very cool. We'll, we'll, we we got to wrap because Mark's got to head out to some family stuff. I want to make a quick mention, though. You get a very cool mini reprint of the full tour book. This tour book, in my opinion, still stands as maybe the best tour book Kiss ever did. So you get a full mini reprint of that. Just like, um, you know, Destroyer, you get another packet just and i haven't even taken this apart yet filled with iron-on transfers and stickers and photos and press kits and you know we we saw stuff like you know when we when we did the episode on on the the proposed elder tour stage and we saw Rabbits. artwork yes yep 
Um, you know, all of this kind of stuff, like, you know, we first saw that when we, when we interviewed the designer and, you know, this was proposed staging, um, filled with all kinds of cool stuff in there. I haven't even opened up. I don't know what this is. Oh, this is the oh, drawings. Oh, these are the drawings and, and, and the great newspaper, the newspaper drawings from Chris Hoffman. He's, he's a, he's a listener and he's online. He, he was yeah, commissioned. Beautiful artwork. Beautiful mm -hmm. artwork. Just stunning. Stunning. I'm going to frame those. I already know. How this this is them. still yeah. one of my absolute favorite gene images of all time. Um, and then of course you get, uh, uh, an iron on creatures patch. You get a Button. set of five guitar picks from that era, obviously reproductions, um, buttons. I mean, what's not to love about this box set. box set? It's just, it's got great music. It's got great visuals. It's got great everything that well, brings, you, brings you back to such a, an important time in Kiss's history. And it well, meant thank so God, much to me. Thank God for Tom, because he is so much a part of this. And because he's a fan, just like we are, he knows what fans want. So a big round of applause for Tom, because he really knocked it out. Yeah, of yeah you knocked it out, Tom. Well I, done. I, I wanted to say, because, uh, you know, my there's, you know, quite a few things, the ads. And um, one of the cool things that I, I brought to Tom that's, that made it into the book, Oh, Christ, I know it's towards the end. This is not a widely, some people may have seen it before, but it's not something that was widely seen in the past. Um, oh, Christ. Anyways, it's the, the, the Mock Destroyer um, ad for uh, the South American stuff. I, I remember when I sent that to Tom, he freaked out, man. And he was like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Is that is that the one where they've got they, they've cut Vinny and Eric's head on yes. the, the destroyer image? Yeah. That, yes. That's real. That's real. That Because I had some people um, years ago when I got that image because I know where it, I, I'm sorry. It's one of those things. I, I know it sounds dicky. I really can't talk about where that came from. But that's real. That's actual. Um. <laughs> And I, when I said that, Tom, you I just love when he does that. This is so, just so cool. funny. He's like, I, he tells you something really cool that no one knows about. He's like, but I can't, I can't really talk about that. I, just, I can't well, tell I you just, about I it. Just, I just don't put it this <laughs> no, way. It's official. It's in the book. You can't you can't reveal your source as a as a reporter. You will not reveal your sources. Yeah, like like I can only imagine him at Christmas, and he knows one of the gifts that his brothers get. He's like, it's fire truck, man. I can't, talk, I can't talk about it. <laughs> it's, it's a cool fucking fire truck, but I can't tell you who. Yeah, you I, get I, I can't talk about it. I, I, I will tell you that the, 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 uh, uh, both both Tom uh, Tom did an incredible job. Ken Sharp did an incredible job. Oh, yeah, everybody, and everybody that I spoke with, I actually, especially early on, um, I sent through my friend Rob. Matter of fact, my friend Rob's name is uh is next to mine in the credits um he's uh one of my very best friends and a huge kiss fan but he's more a big rock fan uh again huge kiss fan um and i i said man you gotta he has all these creatures 
photos. And I'm like, man, you should send these over to Tom. And he did. And, and thank God he also, he also scanned everything for me. I think we sent this project, I want to say about 125 scans and a good number of the, the things came, you know, uh, uh, relatively speaking, you know, we're, we're published in there. So I was really honored to be able to help out with this thing. Those are key, Those are cool photos. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, so it was, it was very, very cool to, uh, to have my buddy and, you know, um, you know, involved in this with me too. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, hats off to everybody who was involved in putting this together. You know, this is, this is a definite two thumbs up. You, you got to get this. If you're a creatures fan, um, if you're big into history, this is great. Just don't buy from kiss online. Go order it from you discover Walmart, Amazon, um, go get it somewhere else. And, you know, again, I, I, Mark, you would know better than I would if there's, you know, another box set in the plans here, but we got to buy stuff if you like it for them to keep doing stuff. I'd hate to see this be the last one. I, I, I would put money on a 50th anniversary release of the first album box set. That seems all, to make all, sense. All I can say, and this is, this is somewhat official, <laughs> yeah notice how he didn't say anything notice how he didn't say anything <laughs> yeah so i mean they're they're doing they are doing a fantastic job this is not i, I don't i mean i couldn't have wished for anything more here i mean sure some people are like oh i want more music i want videos i want dude they did they hit this one out of the ballpark oh, again, ten out of 10. again, ten out of 10. destroyer and creatures of the night. These are two box sets back to back that I think this one's better than destroyer. And I love and destroyers at 10 out of 10. Well, I, 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 I like think this, this is, but be- this is better just because I've got more of a personal connection to this album than I do destroyer. Well, and I think the other piece of it though, too, is that no matter what they do, no matter how how Universal puts this together, there's always going to be people who are going to be unhappy. Oh, it's of course. an impossibility. Yeah. But if you had 10 fans in a room, nine of the 10 would probably love it. I, I, I would venture to say all 10 of them would sit here and look at this and go, wow, that is freaking cool. Now, will they buy it? That's a whole nother thing. But they will say it is a very cool box set. Well, you can't mm-hmm. ask for more than that. Nothing cheap about this box. Set. No, no, nothing. Nothing. It doesn't, cheap. it doesn't, packaging doesn't feel cheap. The box doesn't feel cheap. Nothing feels like they cut corners on it at all. Good. All right. All right so let's, let's wrap it up. Uh, homework is obviously you got the box set. What do you think of it? What's your favorite part? What do you think of the music? What do you think of all the tchotchkes in there? Um, what do you want to see as a future box set? You know, I think, it, like I said, it seems obvious the debut album would be a good box set. I know I'm the only one on this show, but I'd love to get a Crazy Nights box set. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's go. Wait a second, though. I would support that. But what I would want in that box set is for them to take the original record and 
change a lot of it so that the sound is heavier. Well, you know? do do what they did with you know Bob Ezrin and the Resurrection. You know, get Ron Nevison back and say, Ron, take these tapes. Let's let's make a version of this album that you wanted to make. Hold on, moving forward, I this is what I'd love. Give Bob Rock or somebody younger. He's older now, but you know, I mean, somebody yeah. like that. Here's here's the masters. We're not going to tell you what to do. Mix this. Mm-hmm. Moving forward on everyone, I wouldn't even give a fuck if it was hot in the shade. Here's the master tapes. Give it to some young producers guy. And I just use Bob Rocks. Remember how people thought, or you know. And you you give us a new mix, a completely new remix on everything moving forward. I think that would be a, a great bonus disc. If they did that, Unmasked would be a great album to do that for. Absolutely. As well. and, and guys, I got it. I got it. Go. All right. So. All right. So there you go, everybody. Creatures of Night box set. Two thumbs up. Go get it. Let's make sure we keep getting box sets. You know what your homework is. Uh, that's it, everybody. We will see you next week. Do you have something to say? Leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515-477 for three sides of the coin. Provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.